So, this is my second episode of Under the Covers. Everybody responded really well to the first one, so thank you for that. It's great to know that I can just talk to you guys, tell you what's on my mind, and that you actually like listening, which is, which is great, so thank you. So this week, what I'm going to talk about is something that, well, you might not expect, something you've probably never thought about in your life before, and that is romance novels. Now, I will say ahead of time, I've mentioned, I've mentioned this sometimes in my posts, that I actually write romance novels, among many other things. <laughs> but um, this isn't a plug for myself. Um, but the reason that I say this is so that you know that I really have studied this genre, and I know a lot about it. And so... That's why I'm talking to you about it tonight. <laughs> There's another reason, though. It's because I really believe that there is no better way to find out what women really want than by understanding romance novels. Let me just give you a little bit of background first, so maybe you'll see why I say this. Romance novels account for something like 60% of all book sales worldwide. All books, not just all fiction books, all books put together. So I would say that as generalizations go, the ones I'm about to make are fairly safe ones. The things represented in romance novels can be taken, therefore, as, you know, generally what women want or how they feel about things or how they want to feel about things, right? Because if you think about it, there's probably no better indicator that this is enormously popular with most women if these are the kind of numbers of sales that they have. They have been called um, emotional porn or porn for women. <laughs> and generally speaking, they're pretty universally trashed. I mean, a lot of writers are ashamed to admit that they write romance. They'll use pseudonyms, etc. You know, they don't want anybody else to to know that that they do this um and the 15 percent or so of the readership who are men are not very vocal <laughs> about liking it either now as to why this is true i'm not entirely sure maybe it's because back in the day the early novels by harlequin or mills and boone in the UK, you know, the things your grandmother might have on her shelf. The books were a little, I'm not even sure what to call them. They were a bit sappy and silly. Sometimes they usually featured things like doctors and nurses, and they were pretty tame in general. It was all about finding a strapping doctor to marry you, you know, that kind of thing. Then in the 70s and the 80s, they became a little harsher, a little rougher kind of. There was a lot more rape scenarios uh, in historical uh, romances. The guys were being pretty rough. They actually called these um, bodice rippers because a lot of these historical ones featured these really brutish, horny guys ripping open the bodices of the heroines. Nowadays, it's a whole spectrum. On the one end, you have what they call sweet romance. That's what the industry calls it. There's very little sex. They're just kind of sweet love stories. Um, there's even, uh, 
romances set in Amish communities. They call them <laughs> bonnet rippers. <laughs> and on the other hand, you have things like Fifty Shades of Grey, and naturally, everything in between. There are subgenres that include military-themed ones. There are books that are essentially thrillers with just a bit of romance thrown in. There's historical romance that are set in all kinds of different time periods, medieval, regency, things like that. There's contemporary ones, which are just about modern, average couples. There's vampires and werewolves and ghosts, and <laughs> there's, there's a series about um, two brothers who both love a woman, and she loves them, so they all live together, and the brothers share her. You know, like it goes on and on. There's something for every taste, and all of them feature love and primarily sex. And I think that's the most surprising thing about romance novels, is just how graphic and explicit the sex can be. In a modern romance novel, which is a love story, of course, you know, essentially, you will find every kind of sex there is. There's cocksucking, pussy-looking, 69s, cum-swallowing, anal, light bondage, you name it. <laughs> it really depends on the subgenre and the writer herself. They're overwhelmingly written by women, just so you know. Although there are some men and some married couples, actually, who write under pen names. But in most mainstream romances, and this is the point, the sex is pretty hot. Okay, So it might not be what you think. You might not know this, but it is pretty hot. So while I'm suggesting that you might want to read or listen to these just for the sex and romance, because it's pretty hot, there is another reason. I think you should try a few. And that goes back to what I mentioned at the beginning. This stuff speaks to women. And as someone who's written a few of these books myself, and I know a little bit about the industry and the genre, I can tell you a few secrets about why. <laughs> um, <laughs> romance novels are all pretty similar in plot and storyline. There's a basic conflict that keeps the hero and the heroine apart at first. There's uncertainty as to whether there will be a happy ending. There's a big crisis at the climax where you don't think they're going to get together, and then there's a happy ending. So the point is that women seem to enjoy the up-and-down nature of the story, the uncertainty, the going through trouble together part of it. It's like they don't expect a smooth road in love affairs. They like seeing that the couple can withstand some problems and still get together. The hero is always a decent guy. He may never have believed in love before he meets the heroine. He may have even been a bit of a womanizer, maybe. But once he meets her, it's game over for him. <laughs> he only has eyes for her now. He is very sexual. The hero is always very sexual. But this idea is always clear. He is horny for her. It's not just that he's horny. It's not just that he will have sex with anyone he can. It's that he wants her. This seems to be very important to women who want to feel special, who want to feel as though it is their charms, their beauty and personality that has enraptured this man. The hero is often described as being very handsome, very tall and manly, but if you listen to my previous Under the Covers, you'll see what I mean by cues. In books like these, women seem to need the typical cues 
to properly envision their fantasy lover. The average romance novel hero is around 33 years old. He's taller than the heroine, he's well built, and he has some nice feature like nice eyes or a nice smile or something. In some subgenres, the hero is also very wealthy and powerful, that's the key. Not so much the wealth, but the power. But this isn't true for most books. Um, the heroes have a range of jobs. They, they can do all kinds of things, but all of them have something that they care passionately about. Some job or passion that drives them. Whether they're artists or carpenters or surfers or guitar players or whatever, they do something with their lives. They have a reason for getting up in the morning. <laughs> um, the heroine in these books is generally someone that the reader can either relate to or would like to picture herself as. She is typically around 26. She's slender with a good figure, kind of curvy, but she's not super skinny or super built or huge boobs or anything like that. And she's pretty, but she's not beautiful. It's funny that this is basically how women tend to want to see themselves. Pretty <laughs> pretty average is how they wish they could be. She's independent and smart, and she too has something that she is passionate about. In many cases, too, she is overcoming some kind of trauma in her past, usually sexual trauma or something else that made her feel victimized. Some people claim that this is because a lot of women take comfort in reading about a strong heroine who overcame a rape or sexual abuse and is now strong and healthy and capable of enjoying sex again. But whatever the case, the heroine is not weak or fragile in any way. And the reason I'm going into detail about this again is bringing this back to my first point, which I will probably do frequently. <laughs> These books are insanely popular with women, and that means they resonate with women. Women want this. I can't underline this more emphatically. They buy these books by the boatload. You know, they consume them more than men consume porn. So I think it's worth examining what's in them if you want to understand what women are really into and what they want out of love and sex. So, speaking of sex, <laughs> there is one thing about romances that, for me anyway, elevates them beyond all other forms of creative writing out there. There is never any shame about sex. Never. Never, ever. Never, ever, ever. You will never read about a heroine feeling the least bit of guilt about enjoying sex. It doesn't matter what she does with the hero, or how fast, or in what circumstances, she never feels bad about it. And this in itself is so liberating for women. It's so freeing that a woman can just live vicariously through a heroine who enjoys all forms of sex and never has to feel an ounce of guilt about it. And by the same token, the hero never does either. He never regrets having sex with the heroine. He never feels guilty or ashamed. He never has sex with someone he shouldn't, and then, you know, hurries to cover it up or forget about it. It's all just good, honest sexual relationship between two people who don't appear to have any sexual hang-ups. And this, more than anything, is why I believe that romance novels are kind of like manuals for men. 
know how to how to figure out women because this is where I think they provide a really good insight into the way women think about love and sex and where men can learn a lot. Romance novels provide a fantasy love affair in which one key fear that women have is absolutely absent and it's fear of men's disdain. So let me explain this a little bit. Um, you've probably heard the phrase, but will you respect me in the morning? <laughs> Which is so cliche now, it's almost a joke. But the truth of this is kind of painful. Um, this is a huge fear for a lot of women. They fear becoming casually sexual with a man because all too often, this is exactly what happens. He wants you like crazy, and then when he's finished, he hates himself and you so much that he can't get away from you fast enough. And you have to realize this is not how women think about taking a lover. Women do not, as a rule, want to get rid of a man as soon as she comes. Women don't hate themselves for having given in to lust. They don't, you know, struggle to figure out ways to never see him again. A woman will not call a man she has just had sex with a whore. <laughs> now, I mean, not every woman expects or wants every sexual encounter to result in a relationship, but at the very least, most women don't want it to end with this sort of distasteful sense of shame and guilt. And for those who do want a connection with a man that they have sex with, for those who actually like him enough to consider extending this into a potential relationship, they certainly don't want him to bolt out the door the minute he can. So why are women afraid of this happening? I mean, a lot of men will will protest that they would never do this, that they want a connection with a woman too, and of course that's true, of course. But you have to understand, this is what women are afraid of. Maybe it's not rational, but then again, Maybe it is. For a lot of women, their teenage years were filled with nothing but boys and young men who were ambivalent about sex and weren't interested in anything more than a quick, anonymous fuck. And a lot of men have been brought up with the belief that sex is shameful, dirty, filthy, nasty, you know, all the words I hate, as you know. <laughs> so when they feel naturally what I consider to be healthy sexual attraction and desire for a woman, they feel this inner conflict about it. They want her, they want sex. But even as they're doing it, they feel guilt and shame that can, um, and often does, taint her as well. She caused this, after all, right? She made them horny, and she spread her legs too. So what was he supposed to do? I mean, the best he can do is fuck her and then try to assuage his guilt the best way he can by getting as far away from her as possible and hopefully never seeing her again. Or at least until he gets horny again, when it starts all over again. <laughs> so for a lot of women, this is why they are more cautious about engaging in sexual activity with a new guy. It's not because they don't want to. As anyone who listens to GWA can affirm, women are just as horny and just as sexual as men. But the difference in real life, as opposed to fantasy, is that for many women, actually doing any of the things they describe in their audios, like random blowjobs or sex with a virtual stranger or 
69ing on the first date. That'll get you one night of good sex, but you'll probably never see him again. Why? Because when it's over, he'll think, well, that was hot, but what a slut. Right? <laughs> and while he wants to have hot sex with a slutty girl, he doesn't want to have a slutty girl for a girlfriend or a wife or take one home to meet his mom, you know? And, okay, so before, <laughs> before you protest too loudly, ask any woman that you feel comfortable enough asking, and she'll tell you this is largely true. Every woman has had her own sexuality thrown back in her face at some point in her life by a man who was happy enough with it just a moment ago. Every woman has been called a slut or a whore at some point in her life, myself included. Every woman has heard men joking about the town slut or heard about the girl who was passed around at the frat party and knows that this girl is not the one any of them would think of marrying one day, you know, even if they are quite happy to fuck her. So if you wonder why women are a bit hesitant about sex, this is why. Even if we aren't looking for a long-term relationship with a partner, we definitely have that slut-shame thing hanging over us all the time. And it's not easy to put it aside and enjoy sex with someone new if you're not sure whether he's going to join in the chorus of what a slut you are as soon as it's over, or else just leave because he doesn't want to be associated with this dirty, shameful little thing he just did anymore. And that's why romance novels are so refreshing for women. The heroes in these books never, ever shame a woman for being sexual. In fact, they tend to fall in love with him. Which I suppose is more the way it should be, really. Um, the couple gets closer, the more sexual they become with each other, not less close, you know? That's kind of the way you would think it should work. Um... In romance novels, no matter what kind of hot monkey sex they have, the hero still respects and admires her as much as he ever did. It just, it just never comes up, honestly. She doesn't feel guilt or shame. He doesn't. And more importantly, he does not vilify her for it. So there, in a nutshell, is why romances are kind of like guides to women and sex in my opinion. <laughs> I would recommend that you borrow one or two from your library or listen to audiobooks. As I said, there are some really entertaining ones. I'll provide a list of authors that I think you'll enjoy in the description so you can check them out if you like. Again, thank you for joining me under the covers. I hope you got something out of this little ramble. Um, <laughs> please feel free to comment or email me if you have something to say. I always like hearing from you. And if you have any suggestions for future episodes, please let me know. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>